Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Well, hey there, and I hope you're having a great day. And have I got some good news for you? And that's this. I believe that there are 10 things we can agree on for America. I've been talking about this for a few weeks, and if you haven't heard the other podcasts, it might be a good idea to go back and listen to the last couple of them. It might clear up why I'm talking about this, but in brief review, I believe that we all know how to be against something or someone. So a lot of stuff that's going on politically in this country right now, and for that matter, a lot that's going on personally, is all related to the fact that we're being taught to not like someone, uh, to reject them, to hate them, if you will. Now, I don't like that whole idea of hating something just because I don't agree with it. As a matter of fact, I reject the whole idea. That whole premise means nothing to me. For instance, there are people out there, and you know who you are, that like okra. I'm not a big fan. But because I'm not a big fan doesn't mean I hate it or that I hate you because you like it. If you like okra, you go right ahead. As a matter of fact, I'll give you my portion. That's how generous I am. I want you to have it, but I don't want it. I don't like it. On the other hand, there are people out there that love mayonnaise or Miracle Whip or whatever. My wife, on the other hand, she's allergic to it, so she can't eat it. But it doesn't mean she hates it. She just doesn't like it. Now, that same thing holds true for political candidates. There are people out there that I don't like, I don't agree with. But I don't hate them. I don't want to see them succeed, but I don't hate them. I remember uh, one popular uh, radio guy several years ago, it was Rush Limbaugh, said that he didn't want to see President Obama succeed. And everybody's like, well, how can you believe that? Well, I understood that from the get-go. He didn't want to see his policies succeed. He didn't hate the guy. He didn't dislike the guy. I would imagine they could have sat down and had some sort of conversation, but I don't know that they would have ever agreed with each other. But it doesn't mean that one hates the other. Now, maybe Mr. Obama hated Rush. I don't know. And I maybe Rush hated Obama. I don't know. But all I know is just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that you hate them. Well, that's all a prelude to this. I believe that as we go to the polls this year, and as we begin to decide who our next president is going to be, as we decide who our school board members are going to be, as we decide who mayors are and all this kind of stuff, we have to look for some things that we agree on. And we're seeing this more and more and more now in the national discourse. And that is people are going, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I don't understand why this is going on. This can't continue to go on. There's a big blow up recently about some of the presidents of some Ivy League schools like Harvard. And they came out and said, well, you know, it's not always wrong to be against Jews. Okay. I, it depends on the situation. I think that's what one of the ladies used was a, it depends on the situation. I know if you, you shouldn't hate people. You just shouldn't do it. But because of that, there's a big blow up and there's some people now that are going, wait a minute. Are we real? They're, they're saying there's an, I told you last week, I'm very conservative. You all know that if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know that 
And there were people saying, well, you know, they, they shouldn't talk like that. And the, uh, the progressives are like, you mean we're like that? Yeah. There's a famous YouTube clip where there's a couple of Nazis standing there goes, do you think that means that we're the baddies? Well, yeah, it could be. See, we have to look at fruit of people's lives and the fruit of what people call us toward and what they call us to do. So I thought, you know what? We need 10 things that as Americans, we can agree on, no matter whether you're conservative or libertarian or progressive, whatever you are, I think there are 10 things that we can agree on. I've mentioned them before. I'm not going to go over all 10 of them again today. Again, you can go back and look at the podcast or listen to the podcast. Look at my uh, uh, blog at quizthatis.com. It's got them all listed there. But last week, we talked about the fact that we're a sovereign nation. Now, one of the things that we talked about during that, or one of the things I think I missed talking about during that, was the invasion of the southern border. Now, I used to be, I would say, well, it's no, it's, it's, it's immigrants. See, here's a problem that we have in conversing with other people. And that is, we can sometimes let other people put a meaning to something that it really doesn't mean. See, I'm not anti-immigrant. As a matter of fact, most of the people in this country immigrated to this country at some point. Not everybody. I realize that there were some natives that were here originally before the white man came or before the black man came and before the Hispanic came. You get the point. So we had all that going on, and, and it's... It's like, wait a minute, we're all immigrants. What we're saying is these folks are coming in now without restriction. If they get away or if they get in, they get in. There's big crowds of people coming through Mexico trying to get in. It's like, wait a minute, why? Why is that? Why is it an open border? Who decided that? We didn't vote on it. We're just, okay, it's going to be open. So we're a sovereign nation. That means we have borders. We have ways of saying, wait a minute, it's not that we don't want your kind here. It's because we don't want a whole bunch of people coming here that don't agree with the general idea of what an American should be, that don't agree with the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Well, there are people coming in right now that don't. There have been so many people that have come in from uh, countries that are hostile to the United States that have just gotten in. We don't know where they are. The government doesn't know where they are. They only process the ones that they catch. The ones that got through and they never were talked to and never were, they don't know where they are. And a lot of the ones that they brought in, they don't know where they are either. It's like, why are we doing this? What's the problem? Well, it goes from we're a sovereign nation. In other words, we have borders to the second of the 10 things we can agree on for America. And that says we're a nation of laws, not men. So let me explain what that means. In case you've never thought of that before, if you put down a law, that means all men from the least to the greatest should have to follow it. And we don't do that. That's not done in this country. I mean, it should be, and it's done in a lot of cases, but it's not done in this country. There are ways to get around everything from a traffic ticket to murder. It depends on who you know. Well, it shouldn't. This is a law. I think there's two problems that we've got when we say that we're a nation of laws and not men. First of all, there are a kajillion, I don't know whether that's the right term, kajillion, a bazillion, I don't know, there are a bunch of laws on the books. There was a book out a few years ago, I guess it's still out, that said that we can, that most Americans commit one felony a day. We don't even know it, but there's so many laws on the federal, state, and local books and then there's so many administrative rules that are on the federal, state, and local books 
that we can't keep up with them all. And you're going to make a mistake sometime. And, you know, it's like, did you drive without your seatbelt today? Well, that's a, you broke the law. Well, if you drive without your seatbelt in Ohio, it's a, an, they can pull you over for that. Some states, they still can't pull you over for that. It's just something you can get a ticket for if they pull you over. But in Ohio, it's a, and it's, it's a primary offense. It can be something you can pull over. Well, okay, should everybody be like that? What if you pull over the police chief? You're going to give him a ticket? Going to give her a ticket? Well, should you? Yeah, you should. But will you? Probably not. And honestly, that's probably not a bad thing, but it does illustrate that we're a nation of men or women and not laws. Well, I think when the Founding Fathers started out, they were like, okay, we need some laws, we don't need a lot. There was a huge battle uh, as they were writing the Constitution on whether we should have a federalist system or not, and how large should the central government be. You know, here's something I've noticed. You've probably noticed this, too, over your lifetime, that if you give somebody a little bit, they'll take a little more and a little more and a little more. That starts when you're like two, maybe younger than that. You start going, okay, well, if I, you know, don't put your foot there. Oh, oh, you put your toe there. Well, okay. Um, and you see kids do this all the time. They see what they can get away with. As a matter of fact, I think most people see what they can get away with. Well, okay, but that makes us a law, nation of men, not laws. And what the, what the government was trying to be put in place when the founders were writing things was uh, this is going to be really limited. For instance, did you know that until 1804, I think it was, that the Supreme Court didn't really know what it was there for. They just decided that they were going to be, uh, 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 in Madison versus Marbury, they decided that they were going to have oversight on the laws that the Congress wrote and the president signed, that they could have oversight on those things. That's not in the Constitution. That's just something they decided to do. And we've all pretty much agreed on it. It's a check and balance against what, but that's not in the Constitution. It took about 20 years after the Constitution was ratified for somebody to go, wait a minute, who gets to say whether these laws are constitutional or not? That's where that came from. Well, that was good. And that was part of that argument about who's going to be in charge here. The law is going to be in charge, or are we going to have certain men or women that are like, eh, I want it this way. This is the way I want it. Well, what we've seen over the last hundred years or so, 120 years or so, is the expansion of the administrative state. So a lot of the laws that we have to follow now are not written by legislators. They are written by administrators. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. You probably already know, but what happens is when, let's say the FCC, I've dealt with the FCC in my life because I've been on the radio. All right. So the FCC comes in and says, you can't broadcast at more than 50,000 watts on an AM station. Okay. Who decided that? Well, the FCC did. And actually, if you go back a step before that, the Congress said, FCC, you decide. So what they've done is they've taken the congressional oversight and put it over onto the FCC and said, well, you all decide. We don't want to know. In Obamacare, when that law was written, I can't remember how many times in that law it said, the administrator shall decide. Well, wait a minute. If it's that big of a deal, I think you should decide. Congress critters should decide. And the problem that you get into there is they don't want to. They don't want to because you decide something that's against a constituent in your district, you might not get their vote. But if you say, well, the administrator did it, it's all passing the buck. 
And that's what we've seen over the last 120 years is more and more and more and more passing of the buck. Now you've got people that want to decide that you know, what kind of car you drive. Do you know who's deciding that? You know who in Washington decides that? Nobody. Well, what do you mean nobody? Well, here's the deal. The California Air Resources Board decides that. And how do they do that? Well, there's 16 people on that board, and they're the ones that decide what are you going to drive, what are the pollutant levels you're going to be able to use, can you have a gas stove in your house, I mean, all this stuff. Anything that has to do with burning a fossil fuel or anything that has to do with the environment, there's 16 people in California deciding that. Now, you can say, well, wait a minute, I, I live in Indiana, how can I do or Ohio, how can I do that? Well, what has happened is that California is the largest market in the country for cars. It's the biggest market in the country, so, or one of the biggest. So if you don't meet the California Air Resources Board model of what they think a car should do, then they're not going to be able to sell their car there. And so everybody makes their car to act like the California Air Resources Board wants it to. Is that a good idea? Well, I think it's something that we should decide legislatively and as a people and not as an administrator. And so these laws that we talk about all the time, a lot of times they're not law, they're administrative rules, things that the government wants to put in place. One of the stupidest ones that came up after Sarbanes-Oxley, which was the major reform of financial things in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, was the fact that unless you're a customer of a bank... You cannot get change from that bank. Did you know that? That's true. If you go into a bank and you're not a customer there and you say, can you change a 20? Nope. Sorry, we can't. Now, I'm sure some of them do from time to time, but it is actually illegal. They're breaking a law doing that because you're not supposed to make change. Now, it's an anti-money laundering scheme, and I get that. I understand it. But the way that, uh, for instance, my wife and I run a small business and we occasionally need cash for our cash box. And if we're away from our home bank area, where do I go? Let's say I need to put $50 in $1 bills in my bank. Where do I go? Well, fact of the matter is you can usually go to Kroger or you can go to Giant Eagle somewhere like that that has cash all the time. And they'll do it for you. Walmart, they'll do it. But banks can't do it. As a matter of fact, one time I was in a uh, Kroger here in the area, and I needed change for a show we were doing. So I went to the bank that was in the Kroger and used their ATM and paid a fee to use their ATM. I've since learned a better way to do this. Paid a fee to use their ATM, got 50 bucks out, walked over to the teller window. They were watching me get money out of their ATM. Can I get change for this? No, you cannot. Are you a customer here? Nope. And I'm like, they were like, well, we can't do it. Although I had paid money to get get cash from them. Now, I've since learned, just go over to the Kroger window. They'll give it to you. And they're not giving you anything. They're making change. But the bottom line is there are an awful lot of laws out there. And the problem with having an awful lot of laws is that... You get into controlling everybody's life, and I don't want that. You don't want that, and yet we were proven to, in March of 2020, how easily it was to get people to go along with arbitrary rules that we're now finding out had no basis in fact whatsoever. Well, that's awesome. So one of the things I think we need to agree on for America is that we are a nation of laws and not men, 
We need fewer laws, and we need men that will and women that will uphold them. So the next time we get together, we're going to talk about our rights and how the government grants them, and should they. We'll talk about that next time on Quiz the Diz. Our website is quizthediz.com. You can reach me at terry at quizthediz.com. I really enjoy getting your comments and questions. Would you take a moment and rate our podcast where you get it and let your friends know about us? And remember, God has a plan for your life and your nation, and we're here to help you find it. The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz.